Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Welcome to another episode of the WAC Podcast. Kendra Sheehan alongside Eric Danner. Hey, we got a lot to talk about per usual. We're officially in the second half of conference play, and we have a new top team in men's basketball. We've got not one, but two special guests on the podcast this week, Mark Madsen and our very own Kyle Grooms. And hey, a new week, a new contest. <laughs> we are only one month away from WAC Vegas. One month. I'm freaking out. <laughs> and guess what? In between that, in between... Right now in WAG Vegas, we have a couple of championships coming up that we're going to talk about as well. But we start with men's basketball. You mentioned we have a new team on top of the WAG, but for fans of the WAG, not a new team. New Mexico State, they've been there lion's share of the last 10 years, been on top of the WAG. They knock off Seattle U and California Baptist this past week and are now in sole possession of first place in the conference. Yeah, that's crazy. I think the big storyline out of the week was Seattle U losing two games. They went from being undefeated to now having two losses and falling to that second place spot. But, you know, I think Seattle U needs those two losses. I think that, you know, <laughs> no, hot take. Hot take alert. <laughs> hot take alert. I think that the two losses couldn't come at a better time because now they have plenty of games still to prepare for WAC Vegas. They have UTRGV. They've got Lamar. They'll face New Mexico State again. I think a lot of these are very winnable games. I think they can see, okay, what went wrong? We can fix it. And that way, come tournament time, they're ready to go. Got to get those things out early. I don't know how many teams would be able to get through going to GCU, going to New Mexico State, getting through unscathed. Yeah. Uh, they've never won in Las Cruces. Of course, GCU, the Havocs, one of the toughest places in the country to play. So certainly no shame in losing uh, those two games. And chances are, as the WAC tournament coming up, WAC Vegas, maybe we'll see some of these matchups again. Yeah, oh, certainly. I think there's a lot of, you know, Seattle U, we got New Mexico State, U, Utah Valley. They can, they're inconsistent, but when they're on, they're really on. We got Grand Canyon. Uh, Abilene Christian could be a little dark horse in it. So, I mean, come tournament time, I think we can see a lot of, Maybe uh, upsets, if you will. <laughs> GCU is back on track as well. They win two in a row. They, of course, uh, beat Seattle U on Thursday and then came back and beat California Baptist on Saturday. And that was a very hard-fought game. That was tied up with about a minute and a half to go. Uh, GCU winds up winning by six, a very low-scoring game, 56-50. to 50. And those are the kind of games that you have to kind of gut out, kind of grit out sometimes uh, in the whack and CBU playing better, but their record doesn't reflect that Taron Armstrong's back. And he certainly makes a big difference when he's on the floor, but uh, GCU, uh, New Mexico state, you know, we're seeing so, some of the cream rising to the top. As uh, you mentioned, we're heading down the final month of competition in the whack. I know it's crazy, but you know, say California Baptist comes in they're two and eight right now. They pull things together. They upset a few people, and the next thing you know, they're in the WAC championship game. Who knows? Well, before conference play started, they certainly looked like one of the teams to beat. And, yeah. and then Taryn Armstrong went down with that injury, and they, they have a lot of good players. So it, it's a matter of 
playing the best basketball in one month, not necessarily who's playing the best basketball right now will be the team that goes to the NCAAs. Utah Valley, you mentioned kind of up and down a little bit. Uh, you're going to have a conversation with Mark Madsen. He's always uh, fun to talk to. Uh, oh, yeah. Former Los Angeles Laker NBA champion and head coach of Utah Valley. They were the co-regular season champions last year. Let's not forget that. Fardaz Amac having another great year, kind of under the radar a little bit this year, having uh, leading the league in rebounds. Well, he's second in the nation, I think, in, in rebounds this yeah. year. Led the nation last year. And getting the return of uh, Justin Harmon has certainly given them a boost. And then potentially you, you talk with Coach Madsen about it. Trey Woodbury could be back sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's an interesting situation is he kind of alluded to it. He could be back tomorrow. He could be back <laughs> a couple of weeks. He could not be back at all. So I think it's the, the process of uh, what Mark Madsen had mentioned of how many games he wants to play, use this year of eligibility, or does he wait? Does he, you know, take this year as a, a red shirt injury year? Um, and that interview with uh, Coach Madsen will be in our final segment. As we mentioned, Kyle Grooms, our new uh, Associate Commissioner for Football and Sport Administration, will be our guest in our next segment. Women's basketball, Stephen F. Austin still undefeated and if any team has pulled away, it's been the Lady Jacks, and they they are the team to beat a month away still, but they look to be the, the team to beat in the WAC. They're one of those teams that just doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. They're, a lot of their games aren't super close. There are some that are, you know, within 10 points, within seven points, but a lot of these games, you know, they're, they're winning by a substantial margin, um, but they look really good in all their games. They're leading most of the time. I mean, they're really gelling together. They've got all their shooters going and I don't know, is, is this one of those situations where they get to the tournament and they maybe they fall behind and they, they don't understand. They don't, they haven't had that adversity during the conference play to be able to, you know, get together and, and move past that kind of like how I mentioned Seattle, you having those losses, you know, is, will that hurt them come tournament time, have a perfect season? And then, well, la know. just last year, California Baptist had a perfect season, not only in the WAC, but overall they go 26 and all in the regular season. And it didn't really seem to impede them. Cause you think that while they didn't have that, that one game to kind of reset yeah. and, and kind of refocus them, they didn't need it as, as it turned out last year. And right now, Stephen F. Austin looking eerily similar to CBU last year. What, what was the stat you came up with in the road to Wag Vegas? Were they second in the nation in, in scoring margin, scoring margin. So they're just blowing people out of the water. Yeah. I mean, they've got Chicago state coming up next. Um, where else are they on our schedule? Let's check it out. New Mexico state. I mean, I think these are all winnable games and if they come in as the number one seed, they're only going to have to play two games. This is true. This is a new thing with Wag Vegas. 10 teams go to the tournament this year on Tuesday, we're going to be a Tuesday of the tournament. We're going to be at Mandalay Bay for the first uh, set of games. And there's going to be two men's games, two women's games every day. So that's also different because in the past, it would be Wednesday would be four women's games. Thursday would be four men's games. And then Friday, you'd have two semis, uh, men's and women's. This year, it's going to be two and two all the way through. So that'll be another interesting wrinkle into the tournament this year. And it's going to be super exciting on both sides. But as yeah, Stephen F. Austin the team to beat Grand Canyon right now, second place. They won our featured game of the week 
over California Baptist in Riverside. So it, it's uh, going to be a lot of fun there. And Sam Houston's a team. They were 0-6, and, and now they're 5-6. and six. They've won five in a row. What an incredible turnaround by the Bearcats. Oh, yeah. I mean, now it helps that they have their head coach, Raven Justice, back. She did take a leave of absence, and it was unknown her – return day if she would be actually coming back for the rest of the season due to personal reasons and she came back after they had won their first game and then they just kind of went on that uh four game run after that so five in a row they're gaining momentum and they're looking all it's like a completely different team out there I mean (laughs) they look they look completely different and they're able to you know finish these games they're able to play the full four quarters and come out with some big wins I see them really being a strong candidate in in Wack Vegas. The game they won over CBU was really the catalyst there because at the time CBU was uh, tied for first in the WAC. Sam Houston, I believe, was last in the WAC, and then they they beat them head yeah. to head. So that was a, a huge game for the Bearcats. And our game of the week this week is going to be Grand Canyon taking on Utah Valley. That's on Thursday night at GCU. Utah Valley was in the NCAA tournament last year. They're picked towards the top of the conference, kind of haven't had the season that they wanted for Coach Dan Nielsen. But at four and six, they still have a lot of talent. They still have Maria Carvalho. They still have Josie Williams, who I believe is leading the league and rebounding and one of the top scorers in the league as well. So that's uh, another one of those teams like New Mexico State. They're four and six right now in conference. They just got a big one over Seattle U on Monday or or on Tuesday. They, uh, they're a team that's won this tournament uh, a few times. So these are these are teams to, to look out for UTRGB now at five and six. So there could be some uh, pretty interesting basketball happening in about a month. Yeah, that'll be pretty exciting. Just one month away. And that brings us to you want to go to WAG Vegas, <laughs> then participate in one of our two contests that we have left. That's it. We're only that's doing it. two more. So you have two chances to win tickets to WAC Vegas. So what is the contest this week? I'm so glad you asked. It is in honor of Super Bowl, where people tend to have elaborate spreads. food spreads yes. out. Uh, it will be, if you will, if you will, our very own game day snack, favorite game day snack or spread that you like when you're kicking back and watching a a good old basketball game. So take a picture of it, whatever you have, and uh, comment it on our Twitter thread at Wax Sports. Uh, we I put together a nice little snack for the office. Now, was this a snack that you've had before? Is this a brand new venture? Well, so I have done this snack before. Yes. It's a uh, it's a pretzel, a flat pretzel. It's like a grid. Yes. What do they call it? Waffle pretzels. Okay. Is that it? And then it's a vanilla candy disc. And then usually, so you put the, you put the disc on the pretzel and then you stick it in the oven for about five minutes or so. And then you put an M&M on the top Ah. and then you eat as a fun snack. But I saw this wonderful thing on Google that was a basketball. So I went out and I got orange ones, put the orange ones on top and then got an edible marker and drew lines of a basketball. I mean, you guys don't have to get that creative, but I'm just saying, if you want to. (laughs) The basketball theme, I like it. And if uh, if I were to pick my favorite game day snack, yeah, it's got to be nachos, isn't it? I mean, okay, uh, chicken nachos, perhaps chicken nachos, maybe uh, some guac, Ooh, you know, uh, a little salsa, maybe some bean, uh, like a little refried bean on there. 
Uh, not a fan of beans, so wouldn't <laughs> no. have any beans on my nachos. <laughs> but the big game coming up this Sunday, it features a former WAC soccer player. We've talked a little bit about Matt Gay on the show here before. We're going to have a special edition of WAC in the day coming up this Friday. Matt Gay played soccer at Utah Valley for three years, decided to walk on at the University of Utah, uh, winds up being their starting kicker, winds up winning the Lou Groza Award or was a finalist for the Lou Groza Award as the top kicker in the country, winds up being drafted by Tampa Bay, goes to the Rams after being cut. Now in the Super Bowl, and would have been in the Pro Bowl last week in Vegas, but uh, he had to get ready for the Super Bowl. So that's a pretty good excuse to not play in the Pro Bowl. I guess, you know, pretty good problem to have invitations <laughs> to the Pro Bowl. But we had an opportunity, uh, uh, shout out to uh, Ben Schroeder, the video director at Utah Valley yes. for digging up some video of Matt Gay playing soccer at Utah Valley back in 2014. This guy had a thunderfoot. Matt Gay had some pretty terrific goals, some <laughs> off of uh, free kicks. He had yeah. just a laser past the four-man wall, past the goalkeeper, upper 90. I mean, watching it, I was hyped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, hey, that guy should play football. Yeah, he right? He could be a kicker. And what do you know, a couple of years later? And maybe now you're looking at him like, hey, that guy could be a soccer player. Right? Yeah. Funny how that works out. He, he can do it all. Uh Indoor track and field championships just a week away. I'm going to be heading to Albuquerque, ABQ, yeah, as it's known. Driving there, too. Yeah. We are in Denver. It's not too far away. Just down I-20. Just stop on I-25 <laughs> and stop when you get to Albuquerque. Uh, Six so hours. Indoor track and field championships, men's and women's. So very excited about that. we got a couple of top 25 ranked teams this year. Stephen F. Austin women, the GCU men. And you're hoping to have, we're still efforting this. Yes. Jody Judd from GCU, one of their top runners this year. And uh, you have something in common with her. Yeah. I mean, so that'll be Thursday, all fingers crossed. I mean, I'm told every Thursday. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, she is a graduate student over at GCU now. But uh, she did go to Florida State, ACC champion. Your alma mater where I went to school. So I'm looking forward to hopefully having her on and chopping it up about the good old Tallahassee days, you know, <laughs> she was an ACC champion. Yeah. So. She set a school record over at GCU, I believe. Yeah. They, they've been setting a lot of school records Seven, the last few it? weeks. So that's going to be very exciting. We're going to have that on ESPN plus as well. And then the following week we'll be at swimming and diving. You'll be at swimming and diving in Houston, Texas. Now you had a big meeting this morning yep. uh, with all the, coaches the coaches and all that good stuff. And Spacker Miles is going to be uh, calling those events and you're going to be directing and producing and getting some great video content out for the swimming and diving championships and Northern Arizona. I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say they're probably going to be the team to beat. Yeah. Seven time defending WAC champion on the women's side, UNLV, the defending WAC champion on the men's side. Of course, a lot of a uh, affiliates in the sport of swimming and diving. So, uh, actually one of our, uh, better viewed championships each year too. So no pressure. Okay. well, this is, <laughs> this is the first year that we're having both a play by play and an analyst. Yeah, so I hopefully that will add to the broadcast. Of course, all those will be on ESPN plus the finals that is. Yes. Uh, some of the prelims will be at uh, whackdigitalnetwork.com. Yes. So uh, can... they're like the single camera, uh, type of stuff, but you know, we want to get that out to the people. That's right. That's right. We do. Uh, the football Reese's Reese's. See, I always say Reese's, and Reese's. it should be Reese's. You're correct. Reese's, Reese's Senior Bowl 
uh, two players from Sam Houston, Zion McCallum and Jaquez Ezard, both playing in that game. Uh, Jaquez had an opportunity to catch a pass and return a punt. Yeah. So doing that in front of NFL scouts probably bodes pretty well. Yeah, pretty exciting for him, reception for eight yards. And okay, so I was looking at his Twitter and he posted some, he, I think he retweeted Sam Houston's, you know, we got these two guys playing in the Reese's bowl, but other than that, he was pretty, hasn't been super active on it. But as I was scrolling through, I found that he was selling these shirts last year is what it was. Cause I thought it was recent, but I look at the day. I'm like, Oh, this is May, 2021, but, uh, these TWTF WD shirts, that's all it said on it. Okay. And it was in orange, white, and black. And so he was retweeting people that had bought them and so, you know, DM me for information on the shirts. So I don't know. I don't know what that stands for. I don't know if he's still selling them, <laughs> if he's bringing it back now that he's, you know, just had this. Well, this probably should have been a little more investigative work. I know. By said reporter <laughs> talking about this. I'm hoping he's listening to this podcast and we'll. <laughs> well, we did a tie-in for Whack in the Day last week for the Senior Bowl and looked up some information. So some whack players throughout history. Ladanian Tomlinson mm-hmm. was a MVP of the senior bowl. Uh, so it was Mark Wilson, the BYU quarterback. And then JD Hill, we went way back to 1971. JD Hill uh, wanted to play for the Buffalo bills. Wide receiver uh, was also an MVP of the senior bowl when Arizona state was in the whack. Uh, that's how far back we went there, but also found two senior bowl hall of famers yes. from the whack and one was the punky QB known as McMahon. Jim McMahon, Chicago Bears QB, leading the Bears to their only Super Bowl championship, 1985. I'm currently uh, watching the documentary, the ESPN 30 for 30 on the 85 Bears. And man, Jim McMahon cracks me up. He was something else. And I believe he (laughs) he, uh, lives in the Phoenix area now, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, as you get through the the documentary, it's pretty interesting to see how... uh, how those guys turned out and uh, uh, some have gone on to, to great things. And uh, some guys fall on hard times. I mean, just like any industry, but uh, he was uh, a great quarterback in the whack and people don't always remember his college days at BYU because he was so famous after the 85 bears. Uh, the other guy, Jay Novacek tight end from the university of Wyoming. He played for the Dallas Cowboys, won some super bowl rings with Troy Aikman. And it was a, uh, all-time great tight end. He's also in the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame. As I recall with uh, with Jay Novacek, he went to Wyoming, the Cowboys, played for the Dallas Cowboys, and I believe the high school he went to, which is escaping me right now, also were the Cowboys. Wow. Yeah. Think he was just picking based on Cowboys mascot? <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity to go somewhere else, he said, nope, I got to do the Cowboys. Uh, I got to have it all three. That's the way it goes. Uh, speaking of football... <laughs> <laughs> We have our new Associate Commissioner for Football and Sport Administration, Calgrooms, coming up on the WAC Podcast after the break. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast, Kendra Sheehan, Eric Danner. And we have a wonderful guest joining us here in the office, Kyle Grooms, who is our new Associate Commissioner for Football 
and Sport Administration. Welcome. He comes to us from Tulsa, where he was the Associate Athletic Director of Operations and Internal Affairs for the last three seasons, and then the last eight seasons, Director of Football Operations for the Golden Hurricane. So welcome. Super excited to have you Thank here. You. This is This is awesome. How great is it to be here? That's this, right. This is, this, is, this is really cool. Well, so what, uh, what drew you to this position? Well, obviously, uh, working with uh, Brian and Patrick in the past, uh, we, we worked closely together in another league. Uh, and just knowing their reputation and their vision for, for some things. And then, and then the WAC has been a strong name. It's, it's been something that uh, I've known for a long time. I actually was a, a student athlete in the WAC, so I've, I've had quite a few ties. Uh, to this league and and just the opportunity to uh, come back to to the WAC and and help change the landscape of our our league uh, from a f- football perspective was was really enticing. Kyle Grimms is our guest and Kyle, you just uh, were, were named last week, so welcome. Yeah. First of all, uh, second of all, we're our office, uh, the podcast studio, if you will, right now is in Denver, and this is. A hometown for you. So, um, tell us a little bit about your your upbringing and what got you into to athletics in the first place. Oh yeah. So I grew up in this area. So uh, this is this is home. This is really neat for me to kind of kind of come back uh, and, and experience things from the the conference perspective. Um, so growing up, I was the youngest of three kids, and I just got dragged to all my brothers' <laughs> sporting events. So I was always the bat boy or or uh, the, the ball kid on the sidelines for football. So I grew up surrounded by every sport imaginable and, and I just became a sports junkie. And that's, that's what I got into. And I played every sport imaginable and then uh, all throughout high school and then landed up just being a football student athlete at the university of Tulsa. And it really kind of changed the, uh, my career aspirations. I just always wanted to be in athletics and, and do some things uh, that would impact uh, college athletics specifically. Now you mentioned being a student athlete in the WAC, playing football at Tulsa, now in this sport administrator position, how do you use that experience of you were in these student athletes mm-hmm. positions? So you know what yeah. worked, what you liked, what you didn't like, how are you hoping to use that into this new role that you're taking on at the WAC? Definitely this, I, I think, uh, little suited for this position because I was a student athlete in the WAC. I, I have some experience on the, on the team perspective side of things, then the administrator perspective side. Uh, and then obviously working closely with our, uh, Brian and Patrick previously and working closely with the conference office as an administrator, get, have a good feel about what the, what the conference landscape is. So I've seen it at every level now. Uh, and, and I think that provides some, some good value. Uh, and, and ultimately, it's, it's really doing what's, what's best for our student athletes and taking that approach and that perspective uh, will, will really impact our, our, our game. And not only having that background as a student athlete, but also as a director of football operations, as associate AD for uh, operations and internal affairs, what, uh, what did you learn during that process that's going to help you now in, in this position with the WAC? Well, for, first of all, organization is, 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 is really key in those roles. Um, just keeping all, all the moving pieces and parts together. Um, but again, in, in both of those roles, keeping the student athletes at the, uh, at the forefront of, of really any decision that, that's made. 
uh, what's really best for our student athletes is, is what's best for everybody. We bring football back to the WAC. You're joining as this new position. Where do you hope to see the WAC grow in the next five years or so? Certainly, the uh, I, I see the the WAC as one of the premier mid-major conferences in the country. Uh, certainly, with the the teams that we've brought in uh, to to fill the the football slots that we have in the conference, it's some amazing teams. The the teams that are already established as as WAC members uh really really we can position ourselves here in the WAC as as the premier football conference at the FCS level as Kendra mentioned we just added football first season back uh, in about 10 years Mm -hmm. this past fall and already we're seeing some new members coming in with football and as Kendra mentioned you know we want to see this as and as you mentioned one of the top FCS conferences in the country. What's, what's it going to take? Obviously Sam Houston won the spring uh, in, in 21. What's it going to take to maintain that level of uh, competition in the WAC? I think, I think a lot of the schools are, are continuing to do what they, what they're doing. Um, there's, there's been significant commitment from the institutions uh, to, to grow their games at, at their resp- respective campuses. Uh, continuing to do that, uh, you, you look at the coaches in our league, the top notch, they're coming uh, from great reputations. Uh, and, and then the student athletes in our league as well uh, are, are tremendous competitors. Uh, and it's evidenced by what you see in week in and week out. And the next level at the, end, at the NFL level is taking notice of, of, those, of those players. So it's, it's a good league. It's good student athletes it's good coaches uh and it's it's an exciting time well kyle we're excited to have you on board kyle grooms our new associate commissioner for football and sport administration thank you so much for joining us we'll be back with more on the WAC podcast coming up next hercules tires is the official tire of the western athletic conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Mark Madsen is always a very interesting guy to talk to. Stanford uh, academic All-American, NBA champion, played in the league for a number of years, assistant coach for a number of years, teammate of Shaq, teammate of Kobe, and now head coach at Utah Valley and has the Wolverines going in the right direction. The Wolverines have won four of their last five games. I think they are really going in the right direction. They're getting some key guys back, Justin Harmon back from his injury, potentially Trey Woodbury, which could be a huge game changer. But if not, they still have the Fardaz Amak, Tim Fuller. Blaze Neal has been in a couple highlights. I mean, they got some guys. And like Mark Madsen will tell you, he loves every single one of his players. He can't even pick one that has just stood out to him the most. I'm Kendra Sheehan, joined by Utah Valley men's basketball head coach Mark Madsen. Wolverines are 15 and 7, 6 and 4 in the WAC. And coach, as we officially enter the second half of conference play, and we're just one month out from WAC Vegas, we know how important seeding is for that tournament. Do you like what you're seeing from your team? Are they where you need them to be at this point? Well, as a coach, you always want more. <laughs> 
But I'll, I'll tell you this, I, I love our guys. I love the energy and the fight and the determination that they play with. Uh, you know, we've, we've had a couple of close losses that probably could have gone either way. We, we, we've had some good wins and, and we've, uh, the, the key theme is we continue to battle, we continue to fight. And so that's probably been the biggest thing that I've been um, really proud of our guys on is just the competitive spirit always moving forward. And you guys have had to make some adjustments in your lineup with Trey Woodbury and his injury. How has the team had to adjust with a guy like that missing from the lineup? And is there any expectation for him to return this season? Yeah, I mean, we, we played and worked all summer. Um, Trey Woodbury had a phenomenal summer. And then in our very last scrimmage, um, there was a little bit of a setback. And, and Trey has just been rehabbing and, and getting to the place where he, he's very close to coming back. You know, it could be, you know, it, it could be a matter of days. It, it could not happen this season. I think one of the biggest questions and one of the biggest things that Trey is evaluating is, does he want to um, invest this year of eligibility in X number of games? And so, you know, he's going through that decision-making process. Um, he's been phenomenal. Uh, the rehab, the extra work, uh, the shots on court. And so he's very close to, to making that decision. I, I, I hope that, you know, I, I hope it works out in the way it's supposed to. That's, that's best for our team. And most importantly, best for Trey. He isn't the only one who suffered injury this season, Justin Harmon near the BYU game. And he's actually back. He put up the last four points in your three point win over Sam Houston. How big has his presence been returning to the court for this team? Well, Justin is somebody who the, the moment is never too big for Justin. Justin loves uh, intense situations. He, he loves pressure situations, and he produces. Um, Justin is somebody who was really just his game had escalated and escalated and escalated. Um, coming off the BYU win two days later in practice, li literally, literally, Kendra, we said, hey, we're not going to do any contact today except for a little five-minute you know, segment where we go about 80% against the scout team and just a freak injury happened. You know, he, he was swiping at the ball and he, he broke his hand. And so I felt bad for Justin because Justin is just somebody who puts his whole entire heart into everything. He's a worker off the court. He's a leader on the court and he's a credit to uh, this program and his family and his community of Chicago. Certainly glad to have him back on the court. And Fardaz Amak, of course, a big storyline around this team, leads the nation in double-doubles. How much growth have you seen from him from last season to where he's performing this year? So Fardaz Amak is someone who just continues to embrace film, embrace putting in extra work, and embrace getting better. And he's already one of the top players in the country, period. Um Fardaz Amak, I, I've said it before, and, I, and I'll say it again. He is the best big man in the country when you look at everything put together. The rebounding, the defensive presence, the ability to stretch a defense uh, by shooting the three-point shot, the passing. Um, Fardaz, when you put it all together, he is the best big man in the country. And uh, he impacts the game in so many ways. And so he is somebody who, you know, when you're one of the top guys in the country, you know, he embraces being coached. He, he works a lot with Todd Phillips on our staff. Um, those two are always watching film. You know, I'll, I'll share insights with Fardaz. Um, Fardaz has just been a key person ever since he set foot here on campus about two and a half years ago. And 
when you look at the before and after pictures, and we talked about this at preview days of how much different he looks, how much weight he's dropped and how, uh, when I spoke to him, we did an Instagram live with him. He did the vegan diet and now he's embraced the pescatarian diet. And I asked him if other guys on the team were kind of taken, you know, going with his diet as well. And so he said, no, but I'm wondering if, have you, have you looked at that? Have you decided hmm, maybe I'll try the pescatarian diet? It was my birthday. Uh, it was my birthday about five days ago. My wife made an unbelievable chocolate cake. And I'll tell you, I, I, I have had a few extra pieces that when I have extra pieces, you, you know, you, you, you compare you compare my diet to Doss and some of the other guys on the team. I, I can't hold a candle to what they're doing. Um, but but Doss has just he went from about fourteen percent body fat last year to around seven this year, and he's just gotten every part of his game. He's he's wanted to get better on the professionalism is there, and uh, and he's an NBA player. I know we're focused on conference play, but I want to go back to that win over 12th ranked BYU at the time. It was such a big moment. How big of a game and a win was that for your program to put your name, Utah Valley on the map again? Well, it was, it was, it's one of those great environments in college basketball because it, it was a sellout or close to a sellout. All the student body of Utah Valley was, was there cheering the energy you, you saw men and women from the community that are in their 70s and their 80s, you know, pillars in the community. You, you saw young kids, you know, six, seven, eight years old running around and you saw that student section. So it just brought so many people together um, to win. It was phenomenal for our program. It was a close game. It was an overtime game. The game probably could have gone either way. It was one of those nights where, where it went our way. And I was just proud and happy for our players because ultimately they went out there and they won the game with, with their heart and their determination and their hustle. And now fast forward, you just have a really close victory over Sam Houston, one of the top contenders in the league. And it doesn't get any easier. You got New Mexico state, you got GCU. Where do you feel like this team needs to improve the most in order to continue to play at the intensity that you'd like them to be at? The, the biggest thing I see is just consistency. Um, and, and that's been something that, that we've been stressing it, and the guys have been working towards all season. You know, we'll put together, when you look at our whole body of work, the 20 something games we've played, there, there are some games we put together 35 minutes of unbelievable play, but maybe we slip a little bit for five or, or we have a great start to a game, but then we come out flat in the second half. And so there's been a couple of times where, where that's happened. And, and so the biggest thing that we as a staff are emphasizing and that I'm emphasizing is be consistent in everything that you do individually as a team in terms of leadership. And we've been, the guys have been embracing it and we're lucky here because we have such a great group of players and people. It's really a, you know, a privilege to be able to work with them every day. Is there somebody that I hadn't mentioned in this interview that has made great improvement this season that has stood out to you that has stepped up when you have players out and you need someone to step up and make a big play. Yeah. The, the great thing about this team, Kendra is I, I could literally go down the list from one to we, we have an 18 uh, man roster. I could go from one to 18. And I, I truly feel that we have a locker room full of stars. It's not one star or two stars. We have a locker room full of stars. Um, I wish there were more minutes. Uh, to, to give everyone more minutes. But 
you know, I would say that Latre Darthard has been an anchor for us defensively. Um, he's a knockdown shooter. He's a guy that just does all the intangibles in terms of a winning program, in terms of making winning, winning plays. And then, of course, Connor Harden, who, who's one of the national leaders in, in three-point percentage. And just he's a guy that, that also defensively can just lock in and guard somebody. So, so when you have a lot of these wing defenders that take the game so seriously, I mean, it really, really helps the team concept. Uh, because we like to have fun over here at the WAC, I was doing some research on you. And of course, you have a number of highlight worthy moments. Uh, but I found one interview where they asked what you do outside of basketball. And you said bake bread. And that was your thing. And I know that quarantine has been tough and we have a lot of extra time. So I wanted to know if if that's still something that you're into. And and do you do you bake bread for the team? I mean, what's the story with that? <laughs> You know, I, I have baked a lot of bread in my life. Um, it, it's weird when you become a head coach. My, my new hobby is is opening it, flipping open the computer screen and just studying film. It, you know, <laughs> after the kids go to bed and after my wife goes to bed, it's it's that that screen goes up and I'm I'm just studying film from this year, from five years ago, looking at different concepts and ideas. Um, in in the off season, the, uh, the hobbies come out. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm a guy I love hiking. Um, okay. I've, always loved, I've always loved hiking. Utah has some beautiful outdoors. Growing up in California, going to places like Yosemite with, with, my, with my parents and family. Th those are memories that, that I'll never forget. So to confirm, are, do you bake bread anymore? Is that your... <laughs> I, I, I do break bread. The, the, the bread baking, it honestly has slipped. It, okay. it, it, it slipped with, uh, you know, but I'll tell you this, it, it, it's, it's good stuff. You grind the wheat, you do put all the ingredients in, it's good stuff, but it, it has not happened for several years now. I don't know how you even get into that. I mean, where does that even come from? <laughs> you know, it comes from, it comes from growing up. I, I, I have, uh, I have four brothers and I have five sisters and, and every so often my mom would just make this amazing homemade bread and it was out. We all kind of snacked on it. Well, some of my sisters kind of got the recipe and, and kind of just, we're making it. So one time I was visiting my sister in Nebraska and, and she gave me a loaf of bread. And I said, how'd you make this? And she just gave me the recipe. I'm like, look, if she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> and so that's how it came. That, that's how it came. So a very challenging week for Utah Valley ahead as they will host Grand Canyon and New Mexico State. That game against the Aggies is our whack featured game of the week, which, you know, I, I know you talked basketball with him there, Kendra, but uh, the bread talk was, was really the interesting part of that. Yeah, fascinating. Well, when you look up Mark Madsen <laughs> online, you find some pretty funny videos, whether it's him uh, dancing, his uh, Crocs, or that in an interview, he said his pastime is baking bread. So naturally, I got to know, you. We, we just came out of a very long quarantine, basically. And is the passion still there? And it seems like it might've gotten lost over the years. So hopefully, you know, me reminding him of this, he's going to finish the season. He's got some extra time. He's going to start baking some bread. See, for me being a gluten-free guy, yeah, uh, the gluten-free bread does not. But what if it's homemade? No, it's, it's not. What if it's Mark Madsen made it for you? I, I, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, one of the other things, when you look up those videos, how impressive he is speaking in Spanish. Yeah. He's a fluent uh, speaker in Spanish. They did interviews with him uh, when he was with the Lakers, of course, the famous uh, post or 
celebration, uh, you know, in the square there in Los Angeles, where he's speaking in Spanish and everybody's cheering him and uh, just a very interesting, uh, well-rounded kind of guy. Yeah, a pleasure to speak with. So definitely looking forward to seeing how Utah Valley finishes the season and uh, see what Crocs he wears to Vegas. You know, Shaq said he was his most pure teammate. That's right. That's right. Which I didn't totally understand. but. <laughs> What exactly does I, that I, you mean? know, I, I think that he was, he, I mean, he, it was one of his favorite teammates, I think is, is part of that. And uh, of course, when uh, Kobe Bryant passed away a few years ago, I know uh, coach Madsen was, was very shook up by that as, as he and Kobe were very close as well. Yeah. You could see them in a couple of those videos. I mean, they were hugging, they were really, really close. And there were some interviews that um, obviously some people did with Mark Madsen discussing Kobe and he was certainly very emotional during those want to thank coach madsen for joining us as well as kyle grooms and we want to thank you for listening to the whack podcast thanks for listening to the whack podcast make sure to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and check out our website at whacksports.com. sports